What's up, everybody? You're listening to the All Things Dave podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the freaks, geeks, losers, goobers, podcasters, and fellow YouTubers. I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave. Did you see the episode Top 5 Star Trek DS9 Episodes? Is that not the longest title we've had? I don't know. But let me tell you something. If I'm talking DS9, you know I gotta bring on my lady, Julie. Welcome back, Julie. Yeah, you better bring me back. <laughs> you're gonna come back for all DS9 episodes as long as you're available. That's true. My schedule's getting a little crazy sometimes, so... But thanks for having me. I'm glad I was available for this one. I am Especially. too. Especially. And you know, when I'm talking <laughs> DS9, you're not the only one. No, I'm not. If not anybody heard our previous episode, when we talked about our favorite DS9 characters, I got to bring on the guy who got me into DS9. Welcome back to the show, Randy. How you doing, man? It oh. is excellent to be here again. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm especially stoked for the addition that we've got happening this time. So, That's yeah. right. Because when you listened to our last episode, it was a three-way, right? They call it like a three-corner match. But this time... It's not just a three-person conversation. Joining us for a tag team event, it's a couples podcast. That's right. Perhaps what makes this episode the most special, over in Randy's corner, making her debut to the All Things Dave podcast, welcome Jeanette. Hello, hello. It's Mrs. Mars. (laughs) Mrs. Mars. I wish I had known that ahead of time. No, that's fine. I didn't mean to... That, that made it sound like I was like, don't call her Jeanette. No, I was just saying <laughs> she's Mrs. Mars, but you can call her Jeanette. I call her Jeanette sometimes. Oh, well, that's yeah. allowed, but now I'm stuck on the Mrs. Mars thing. That's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to be Girl Dave? I am Girl Dave. There that's... you go. <laughs> <laughs> I will this is also be known. Th- this is also her very first podcast appearance ever. I feel so like... All exceptions were made for this night. Uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, in case people don't know, we are a very tight group, best friends in real life, family, if you will. Usually we kick mm-hmm. back and have these conversations over fajitas and quesadillas. That's how they say it in Napoleon it's Dynamite. Yeah. But uh, tonight we're doing this thing over Skype because we're going to talk about our top five Star Trek DS9 episodes. And anybody out there who's listening probably thinks to himself, that is really bold because there are so many fantastic episodes. This is perhaps one of the greatest uh, iterations of Star Trek in history. And I know with me, I, I kind of love all Trek, especially anything original series up until Enterprise. Like, you can't really go wrong. But there's a special place in my heart for DS9. And it's mostly because of that guy right there. And then I got <laughs> to share it with you. So it's all a great thing. But, man, to say that we were able to sit down and conjure up a list of just five episodes. I mean, that's like waves in the ocean right there. Yeah, that's crazy. It was easy for us, you know. I, I it, it, And that's really crazy because we just clicked it right out. And we, we every time one of us said something, we pretty much agreed. You know, we were in agreement. We're like, oh, yeah, that was great. That was great. And um it was really effortless to make our make our list, man. For whatever reason, it was when we did top five characters. That was not easy, not remotely easy for me. Um, but you know, she just uh, she really is uh, the wind beneath my wings, you know. Aww. So yeah, I'm gonna scratch that off my list. I was gonna say that for you. Okay. 
Dang. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, let's start this thing off with just talking about what life is like with you two and how DS9 kind of fits its way into your everyday schedule. Well, do you want to do you want to take that? You want to start off on that? What's life like for us and our our little manlet? Well, he's get he, he's nine, so yeah. he's getting to the point where he really doesn't like it when you watch Star Trek. Oh, no. So we watch it more. <laughs> he gets he gets uh, he gets burnt out with he our. He gets burnt out because we get excited over it, and it's really fun to get excited over it. And he's like, "Is there any more?" Was like, "Well, you know, after DS Nine, there's Voyager." He's like, "What?" He's like, "No." no. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's fun. We do take breaks from it um, every now and then. And, you know, right now we're doing SG-1. So after that, it's going to be Atlantis. Well, I mean, we finished SG-1, you know, and we're on to the movies. And now we're watching that first season of Atlantis. But but we watched the SG-1 movie. And so we made it through 10 seasons of SG-1. And he's just like, oh, my gosh, when does this end? You know, and and uh, and we're like, oh, dude, there's a whole nother series called Atlantis. And I we have yet to break it to him that there's another one called Universe. Oh, so no. he's, no. he's he's you know, he, he'll manage. But um, I don't want to burn him out on sci fi. But I, I think it's just the parents thing, you know. Oh, yeah. After we did Star Trek, because we did all of them, you know, watched them straight through. And then he was so happy when it was all over. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but we kind of binge on it, you know. Especially on weekends, we'll watch two or three episodes in a row, yeah. and then the next night, two or three episodes in a row, and he's just like, "Seriously, <laughs> he's gonna be a horror kid. He already is." And there's so many movies that I want to like show him, but can't quite yet. Mm-hmm. I think I'll probably have to wait till he's maybe like. 13 or 14 and then we'll start showing him the splatter flicks maybe i don't know if that's going to get child protective services called on me if if the wrong person hears that but whatever um we'll figure it out and so that's that's kind of how things fit in in our house oh that's not too far from over here we got our daughter riley who is right there 12 years old and she's spitting image of me man like she just finished sixth grade she's moving on to junior high she won like all the awards possible and i'm gonna brag because i'm proud but um her greatest achievement was she won outstanding writer and i'm like wow good job man and she writes horror (laughs) that's fantastic you know ours ours does have I mean, I think the next time you hang around, we'll we'll get him started on. It's like his favorite thing to do. Like when we go for a walk, or if we're like driving around, he'll be like, "Let's make up a story." And it's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so not good at this," you know? Be like, "Dad, tell a scary story," and I'm like, "Shit." <laughs> and no then one good. day he'll start listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Love that him on here. Oh yeah. So all right. Now that we got the introductions out of the way, it's time to dive into the DS9 sandwich. But you got to start with the bread, and the bread is your honorable mention. So as you know, the guests get to go first. Did you guys bring an honorable mention to the table? We do have an honorable mention, um, and you know, some people might consider this the best episode of, of all of the series, um, but I'm going to make it the honorable mention. Uh, we're going with season six, episode nineteen, in the pale moonlight, um, with Cisco uh, basically having to get straight up Machiavellian, and 
basically <laughs> work with Garrick <laughs> to right. arrange the death of the Romulan senator um, because he wouldn't join their side against the Dominion. Um, and the acting, I mean, you know, everyone everyone kind of thinks of that final scene where he basically is like recording his personal log saying, yeah, I can, I can you know, I can, I can live with it. I can live with it. You know, <laughs> it's like, I just, I just killed somebody who not really innocent, but, um, you know, it was definitely not a honorable thing to do, but he had to do it. And he partnered with Garrick, which one of my favorite characters of all time. And I love it when he just beats the crap out of Garrick in the tailor shop. It's pretty freaking funny. You know, Garrick's just amazing. But anyway, that was that was our honorable mention. Yeah, and one thing I liked about that one was I think that's the one where Cisco is talking to you, like, as the mm-hmm. audience and kind of telling you his story. And I loved that part, too. It was it was kind of intense. <laughs> It's almost like he has to convince us that he's still good. Yes. <laughs> After yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the whole time he's trying to convince himself. True. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, Avery Brooks, he's just a fantastic actor. And yes. I might like him. Uh. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> That's a fantastic episode, and I think you're right. I think if you look at any published list, a lot of people have that mm-hmm. in their top three uh, in any kind of order, yeah. but it's never left out. Um, but is it on our list? I don't know. You'll have to see. We'll find out. I know, right? Right on. You want to announce our honorable mention? Because it's a Vulcan episode. It is. So our honorable mention was take me out to the hollow suite <laughs> and that is where oh my gosh they all go to the hollow suite and play baseball yes. against the vulcans <laughs> yes i love that uh, what does what does Worf say when he's in the he's like death to the opposition death to the opposition, death to the opposition. <laughs> we say that like, all the time no <laughs> It's like one of the funniest oh. freaking things in the whole series is when he does that. Yeah, season seven of DS9 is, is way out there. Uh, mm. There's six and seven, to be honest, but seven, I think for me, there's kind of like a boost in the Hollow Suite episodes. And Randy mentioned this back on Day's Pop Culture podcast uh, when we used to always talk Trek is he always gave credit to DS9. This is before I had finished it of how they just had the best Hollow Suite episodes, and when you compare that to Next Generation, like Holodeck episodes and whatnot, it's just a huge difference, you know. And it's funny because I've already seen Next Gen. I'm on my second run through, and she's seen a lot of Next Gen, but never like binged it. So we're in the middle of it right now. We're almost on season four, and she's seen a handful of those Holodeck episodes. And I don't want to offend any Next Gen fans because we all love Trek, but. There mm-hmm. is a word that comes to mind when I think of it, and it's weak. You know, when you go next gen, but the DS Nine, it just it packs a punch. They're amazing. Uh, I I don't know what it is, man. I mean, it's not that they're necessarily less silly, you know, um, because there's definitely there's like that baseball thing. There's some silly holodeck moments. In my opinion, the fact that they dress up in tuxedos and go to the casino that's yeah. pretty damn silly sure. but it's some of the best it is absolute dynamite and yeah no man i mean that's it's it's gold and i don't know what it is i don't know yeah. i love it because 
it almost seems like they're not in a hollow suite. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like, wait, this is real life. No, wait, it's a hollow suite? <laughs> And the whole time you watch DS9, you find you know that Cisco is a baseball fan, but it's something that's so gratifying, if not satisfying, to see him, you know, in the dugout, out on the field, teaching his team to play baseball. And mm-hmm. there's just something about, um, oh, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. I, Nog, right? No. Oh, Rom. Rom. Mm-hmm. It's Rom. the letters you see. Oh, man. Rom playing baseball just puts a smile on my face every time. You feel for him. You know, I, and maybe that's that's part of it because it's very believable that Cisco is in the game like that. And probably because, I don't know, this is probably some storytelling thing that I'm unaware of until I get into a mode like this where we're kind of thinking about it. But they set the stage for it so much. Whereas, you know, Picard and being Dixon Hill, maybe, is just right. kind of like, what? you know, it just kind of, eh, that's cool, but I don't know. It really yeah. works. I mean, it's great American sport, right? America's pastime. That's Baseball, right. you know, yeah. hot dogs, apple pie, it's what they say. <laughs> but, I mean, what's, what's the... I was going to say, what's more entertaining than Odo as an umpire, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so oh, good. It's, and he likes he's a perfect umpire. He yeah. is. Cause you know, he takes everything so seriously and he's like reading <laughs> the entire manual and everything. Right. Yeah. It's so that's good. Fantastic. But yeah, that's our honorable mention. And that's because we're just so much in love with our top five. It had to be squeezed out. So. Yeah. Ugh, it's tough, man. It's a good one. Let's throw it over to you guys and start with your number five. Okay. So do you want to read our number five? Oh, this is a good one. Um, season four, episode two, The Visitor. The one where Jake... Oh my gosh, where Jake and that wormhole hiccup and it jumps you to when he's an old man and he gives up his writing yes. and, you know, his he gives up marriage. And this episode made me cry. Oh, yeah. It made all of us cry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I don't want to see this episode again. And I've seen it five times. (laughs) I mean, it makes me cry every time. I just love it. But I also love how it ended and all the twists that you can't predict. I, I love that it's not predictable, despite the fact that you know what happened and all that. But it was still unpredictable at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and having, I mean, Tony Todd on yes. the, in that role. I mean, it's basically all Tony Todd and Avery Brooks. And it's just freaking amazing. Absolutely love that episode. And it's very some rare. of the... Some of the few scenes that we have with Jake Sisko, like when he's younger, uh, just being able to see his dad kind of appear and reappear Mm -hmm. at the drop of a hat. You can see, like we've already developed the connection between father and son here, and then just having Mm -hmm. that ripped away from you, and you see it in Jake's eyes. And I mean, if you're going to watch this episode, you better have a tissue box. Gosh, Mm -hmm. it's 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 brutal. It's brutal. I told Julie when we started making this list, there was one episode that would never be on here, and it was that one, because it it packs too much of a punch for me personally that I was just yeah. like, no, no. <laughs> but in respect, they yeah. did it right. So yes, it it does for me, um, ha- because I lost my dad like four years ago, and so yeah, it's it's hard to watch. It's hard, but it's a great episode. <laughs> Well, in sticking with something like that, uh, we're going to start with our number five, and it's the 137th episode, 
far beyond the stars. And so where most people would think this is my all-time favorite episode, it kind of is. But in the same vein, it's kind of not because of the reason that The Visitor is. It hits you in the heart, right? It hits you in the feels. And I'm talking about episode that was directed by Avery Brooks, that, you know, Captain Sisko, but he doesn't play Captain Sisko. He plays the sci-fi writer in the 1950s, (laughs) Benny. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and that's that is so heartbreaking, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a heavy episode, and it yeah. deals with serious issues, and it's packed with Star Trek actors who are playing different characters with no makeup, mm-hmm. and I so know, just being to experience that part alone <laughs> mm-hmm. is yeah definitely worth it. But it hits that special note for me because the episode is in some way like a compare and contrast. Uh, reality of what Star Trek is as a whole, like what it represents, because we get a peek at the 1950s where we see how like harsh and limited uh, we were as a people, right? And you compare that to what the future is, like the 24th century of Star Trek, where you things like race and gender and sexuality, none of these things are an issue, and everyone is respected as an individual, uh, not to mm-hmm. mention fantastic and best performance from A.V. Brooks of all time. Yeah. You know what does it for me in that episode almost as much as as the um, racism bit and, you know, him not being able, you know, I mean, they do it. They, it's not just him. Like you see it with um, the the kid uh, with, that Sirik Lofton plays, you know, oh, yeah. he's like, you know, you see it with Worf. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's the baseball player. So so the racism thing is is tough to watch. But the mental health bit where he ends up if you have ever if you're like me and you've spent time in a mental health facility which i have i always tell people that um some people think i'm crazy for always being so upfront about that but if you spent time in a mental health facility like that i mean it's done really well and to think of how bad it would have been back then you know especially in those times it's it's just it's another one, man. It's just a brutal episode. And the funny thing is every time I'm not watching DS9 and I think of that episode, I'm like, what the hell was going on? Why was that? Because it was like – it was something the prophets did, right? It Was mm-hmm. it something the prophets made him experience like just in his head? It was really weird, yeah, you know, I but they made it fit. He was thinking of stepping down and – well, he, I, it's because he had that mental drain with yeah. everything just coming off just the like, cusp of all I the wars. All yeah, because he's having talks with his dad, right, right, played by Brock Peterson, fantastic actor also, yeah. uh, heavy Trek actor as well. And, um, yeah, you could just see the wear and tear that it's taken on Cisco as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I think that just kind of it sends him into this, I don't want to say parallel universe because that's not right, but it's this new world. Yeah. But now he's facing mm-hmm. newer problems. And so it just kind of goes to show that it's always going to be something, man, but it's all about how you handle it, you know? Yeah. 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 Good mm-hmm. episode, man. But it's, it's not one I can watch a lot. And that's why it's not no. higher on my list. And because it's such a serious subject, I wanted to just kind of start with it and dismiss it. But by no means Get do I want to ignore it because I think. It's possibly the greatest episode when yeah. it comes to acting in DS9. I, I absolutely love it. And uh, mm-hmm. it's why I just wanted to go ahead and start with that. And then uh, we might get a little sillier as we go. I don't know. We'll see. But with that being said, <laughs> right on. let's dive into your number four. What you got? 
Yes, our number four um, is season five. Okay, and so real quick, last time I, I said, can I do all of Jeffrey Combs' characters as one character? And you said no. And I was like, <laughs> okay. This time I just decided I wasn't going to ask. And I have a two-parter Uh-oh. as our number four. So hopefully that's not too big of a transgression. Um, but we have season five, episodes 14 and 15, In Purgatory's Shadow and By Inferno's Light. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the one where uh, they hear that... Uh, what I'm trying to remember what made them go out there. They hear that Tane is still alive and Auburn Tane is still alive, Garrick's dad. And so um, Worf and Garrick <laughs> go out to the... To the uh, the Dominion, I guess you would call it labor camp or whatever yeah. the hell you want to call it, and and uh, just a big long thing. You learn so much about Garrick. Um, you you really get insight into Martok. Um, it's just it's fucking awesome, you know. It's and it's really cool. I always love seeing what are normally enemies be forced to work together. And so like they're in that cell together. There's like a Breen, there's like a, uh, you know, Cardassian, a Romulan. I think it's really cool because they're all like, okay, we're screwed if we don't, you know, figure something out here. Great fucking episode. It is a great fucking episode because it was almost (laughs) our number four, but we, uh, (laughs) it almost, almost. Um, and again, it, it had some tough shoes to fill against some other episodes, but this is something that we had on our list individually. Mm -hmm. And then we gave it the, the rewatch and man, we were just like, I hate to say it wasn't as good as we remembered because we loved it just as much. Mm-hmm. And then sure. the parts that were amazing were still amazing. Like anything yeah. with Garrick, Elam, oh, yeah. and his father, like what? Yeah. Anything with his, um, what is it, uh, claustrophobia? Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. The way that that drove the episode, you just you yeah. could relate mm-hmm. to him, right? Like nobody wants Absolutely. to be in a wall uh, with dim light for hours upon hours of the day. Right. And... And it kind of showed his weakness, too. It's like he comes across as this guy. He's like, I'll just do anything. It doesn't matter. And then still, it's like, yeah, wait, he, a life form. he's not perfect. Like, he does have fears. <laughs> and He has more layers than a freaking, I mean, he's uh, he's got more layers than something that has a lot of layers. I was um, going to say, don't he's say He's got a onion. lot of layers. Don't say it. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say it. Onion. Um, you know what but, drives it for me in that episode is Klingons, man. Yeah. Watching Worf fight. And fight and fight like man. that was the other. Oh, yeah, so that good. was the other thing because because you know you know my love of of the Klingon Empire, you know I mean yeah you know like there there had to be at least one instance of Klingon badassery and DS Nine just has it in spades. Um, but this I mean to go out and and you know you 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 make the connection with Martok it's where he loses his eye um if i'm not mistaken uh yeah Worf just refusing to give in it's it's so freaking cool you even have general Martok who's saying you've proved yourself like you are uh, worthy of it you know you you have shown Stay honor down. yeah he's yeah. telling yeah. and then yeah. Worf refuses to do it to the point <laughs> where 
if I'm not mistaken, like not yeah. only does it impress the Jim Hadar, but not only does it save Worf's lives, but it actually it causes the Jim Hadar to sacrifice himself to save Worf's life yeah. in that episode. Yes, yeah. yes, and he's I like just, I'm not. Yeah, I can't beat. Why this waste guy my time anymore? fighting this guy? He's just going to keep getting up, which yeah. is another way of him saying I respect the hell out of this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Yep. Good one. So our number four is going to stay with the Klingons because it is the introduction of Worf on DS9 in what I call a game changer of an episode. It's the way of the warrior. So there's my two-parter, Randy. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. It's the 73rd and 74th episode, man. It's the Klingons versus the Dominion. It's General Martok. It's Garrick. It's Cassidy Yates. We got Gowron, who's trying to get Worf to go with him and join the Klingons, but Worf is, he's torn with his loyalty Mm -hmm. to Starfleet. We have the Defiant, who rescues Gul Dukat. What? You know, we're saving Cardassia now and my favorite thing we got Worf in red mm. when he the shot when he walks onto the space station is one of the coolest it's iconic it is I mean it's so freaking amazing so freaking amazing I mean yeah. I, I don't know what else you say Worf is just <sighs> and when you when you put it like that all the stuff that happens in that episode it's insane it's like it's it's like watching Terminator 2 or something you know what I mean it's like watching like a badass action movie I love it yeah and I remember too because this I've only watched it through once, DS9. And I remember as we were watching through, Dave was like, oh, it's coming. Oh, this episode. Oh, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> and so we're sitting there and I'm watching. And it just like Worf walks onto the screen. is like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Shit has hit the fan. <laughs> it was Such amazing. Cool so, yeah, it was a great episode. The friction between him and Odo at first is kind of interesting, too. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that's in that episode necessarily, but I think it's kind of shortly follows. Um, watching him kind of find his way was really cool on the on that space station because you're so used to seeing him as the security officer on Enterprise. I mean, so, yeah, very cool. And it's yeah. about damn time that Worf gets mucho respect. Right. And if that takes taking him away from next gen thanks we'll keep him because he made ds9 even more amazing than it already was yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely all right what you guys got for number Mm -hmm. three all right number three impact nor rescue moogie season six episode 10 the magnificent ferengi yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, so yeah. And you know what, Dave? I when I was kind of reading about it earlier, I didn't even realize that it was based that that mo- that that whole episode is kind of based on like a classic movie, which I'm sure you've seen a billion times, The Magnificent Seven. Uh huh. Yeah. I've never seen it, and so and so apparently that episode is just full of like references to that movie, apparently. But it is one of the fun. We love the Ferengi episodes. Moogie's our favorite. Moogie's pretty damn funny. <laughs> um, I, I like Brunt. Brunt is oh, you know, know you do. Yep. Yeah, people always <laughs> kind of when they think Jeffrey Combs, they always kind of like gravitate towards like Shran or like Wayun or you know one of the. I, I guess those are the two biggest ones. But I always think of Brunt, F C A. You know, I was just thinking that. 
and it's it's so freaking funny. But um, but yeah, and and the um, you know the the dead uh, what's it called? It's what Wayun is. What's their species? The Vorta. You know, the guy, the Vorta gets killed, and then he's like weekend at Bernie's basically throughout the whole episode. That's like some of the funniest, funniest stuff. And plus, it's on Impoc Noor, which is just a cool cool. setting. It's a badass setting. That's one that we toyed with as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what is DS9 without a Ferengi episode? I'm glad you guys had it on your list because it didn't quite make our five, but we love that one. That one is so much fun. Plus the variety of characters. It's not so often that we get to have Cork and Nog together on a mission, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. not even just a mission, a mission to save their mom. Yeah. And like you said, Turok Noor, what amazing, like if you like DS9, you'll love Turok Noor. It's everything DS9 is, but darker. Yeah, and you know, I wanted to... I kind of wanted... Tarok Noor, the episode Tarok Noor, is one of my favorite episodes of all. It is such a... It's like watching a horror movie. I love it. And uh, it's super creepy. They do a good job of that. Or wait, no. Wait a second. It it is Tarok Noor. Yeah, Tarok Noor is the one where they send Garrick with them. Right, and then Impoknor is the one. Is that the one where uh, Ducat has his cult or whatever? I'm because I my up. brain. I'm gonna have to look that up. Anyway, cool stuff. Absolute gold. And you know, we talked about earlier how whenever Garrick was put in a certain situation, he showed his vulnerabilities, and I like that we got that with Brunt in this one because mm-hmm. Brunt is yeah. all over Cork all the time, like you know, make it happen mm-hmm. needs to happen, or otherwise you're gonna pay me. You know what I mean? And then yeah. in this episode, if I'm not mistaken, isn't he like relieved to his duties, and so he just has nothing better to do than join the first oh, yeah. and go with them on this mission? Oh yeah. <laughs> He's fresh. He's fresh out of F's to give, man. I mean, he just, he just, and it's it's really funny, like how uh, I, I don't know. The Frankie are freaking hilarious, man. And it's hard to imagine that they were ever thought of, like when they were initially uh-huh. conceived during Next Generation. It's hard to imagine that they ever were thought that they would make like a scary enemy because they're just too freaking funny. Yeah, so if you remember the pilot episode of Next Generation, they talked about the Ferengi as this like cannibalistic race and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll just leave you to the Ferengi. Like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> and then we get, <laughs> like, you know, Cork and everybody and we see, oh, the Ferengi. Hmm, they're funny. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and start with our number three, and I'm just going to segue. I just talked about pilot episodes and Next Generation. Let's talk about the best pilot episode. Our number three is Emissary. This is how you start a show, okay? Perhaps the best pilot of all Star Trek. I'll die on that hill, but it sets the bar really high, right? We have the tail end of the battle of Wolf 359, which is, you know, heavily into the, the middle of Next Generation, we get our father and son dynamic. We get uh, an angry Kira Narice. We get shape shifting Odo. We get the greatest Ferengi ever, Cork. We get mm-hmm. to learn all about trills. We get, you know, Dax. And we get introduced to what I consider one of the greatest villains of all time that's Gold Ducat. We get to steal Chief O'Brien from Next Generation. Love that. And we get a really deep look into what is going to be a storyline for the show when we talk about, like, Opaka and the Prophets. So, man, Emissary, what do you guys think? Yeah, Emissary's great, man. 
I mean, sets the tone right off the bat. It's really weird seeing um, Cisco the way he regards Picard. Mm, yes. That's that is that is always uncomfortable for me, and maybe that just down to how good the acting is. But mm. you remember, I mean, like he just totally is rude to to Captain Picard, which I mean, it's strange. It, it's one to say with good reason, but you can understand why. Yeah, you you can understand why, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, he he literally had no control over his actions, but. You know what? If if somebody was responsible in any way for something happening to you, then mm-hmm. yeah, I would I would probably be a total dick. Thanks, man. You know? I love you too. So, yeah. <laughs> See, you uh, you just rewatched Emissary today. Tell me I about did. It. I rewatched it because I couldn't really. I I remembered little pieces, but man, I'm glad I did because there was so much in there, and it, like you said, Randy, it sets the tone, and I. I was shocked at how well it set up all the characters, too. Because it kind of... Even though it's the first pilot... You know, it's the first episode of the whole series. You can see different elements of each character that runs throughout the entire series. And, you know, even with Cisco and his relationship with Jake. But his love of baseball. I mean, that started Mm -hmm. from the very first episode. And then... I forgot Captain Picard was even in the first episode, <laughs> and so. Yeah. That, but that was kind of a, a reminder of him being there and almost passing the torch, so to speak, to Cisco as well, uh, and kind of like, okay, well, here you go, good luck. It's but, your seven-year <laughs> show now. Yeah, but you're gonna have to right. earn it too, and so, and even the introduction of the prophets and that whole aspect of it because we see the prophets return so many times in guiding Cisco throughout mm-hmm. the whole series so it was it was a, it was great just by itself it, it's, it's almost a like a movie, movie. yes mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it is yeah um, didn't it start kind of like when trek or when next generation was like maybe in the 5th season or did it start after trek was over so I can't the, recall. The thing, it's there's two answers, right? So, as far as being linear, right, which is all about that episode, it takes place right on the tail end. We see Worf, or, or not Worf, uh, we see Cisco at the tail end of the the battle, right, where he loses his wife and everything. But then it's supposed to be three years later, mm-hmm. which right. we put that at the very end of Next Gen, basically like the season seven and whatnot. But makes they sense. start. Did they start making DS9 after The Next Generation? I guess they would have had to. I think so, because when you get into the movies, they had to basically, like, still wharf back. Like, oh, he just showed up from The Defiant. So Yeah. And and I think, you know, because O'Brien, like, is still active in Next Gen up until the end, and then he's able to come over here. And I remember one of my most favorite things about Emissary was the interaction between O'Brien and Picard. Yeah. Because he's like... Uh, O'Brien's like a man's man. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't want a sappy goodbye, so he just tries to duck out. Yeah. And then Picard's yeah. like, "Hey, I guess I almost missed you," knowing he tried to run. And right. there's just that like, and I don't, I hate to say the phrase like mano y mano, like man to man, because it goes mm-hmm. for anyone. But for somebody who's in that position of 
just really trying to stay 100% professional and not show your like inner self or breaking down in front of somebody you don't want to cry yeah. Yeah. you could just feel it like there's a love loss right there you know but yeah you know what uh next gen loses ds9 gains and so i'm all about it absolutely i forgot all about that too well i'll be quick to remind you sir <laughs> yes you will yeah what do you guys have for number two number two and so this one i go ahead and yeah go ahead and and deliver the goods Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's season one, episode 11, The Nagus. And we like it because it's funny. It's so funny. Quark gets to be Grand Nagus and Zek (laughs) dies. But he doesn't, no one knows that he's faking his death. Right? So Rom and Zek's son are trying to like assassinate him. Right? And then they find out, wait, 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 Zek is alive? What? Yes. <laughs> it's a great episode. And it's great to see Quark the way he is, you know, because he's such a scheming little guy. <laughs> yeah, apparently Rom is too at first. Yeah. It's kind right? of funny how there's still, even with Rom ending up with the heart of gold that he has, like there's still that tiny slice of self-serving uh, Ferengi. Ferengi in him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He still got the Ferengi heart in him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great episode. I think it's hysterical. Yeah. Ferengi that... feature heavily on our list. Uh, and that's okay. <laughs> and that's cool. That episode was actually directed by David Livingston, who is like a staple of Star Trek, especially DS9, because he did Emissary oh. as well. So oh, just to okay. piggyback from three to two, that's how I'm going to connect that. But David Livingston yeah. also did like Star Trek Generations, and so mm. that's why that episode is just done so well, is because you got a mastermind behind the camera. Yeah, and you know it's funny, like not to get off of DS9 and onto Generations, but that gets a lot of hate, and I like Generations. We love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That gets a lot of hate, and and I, I I like it, but I like weird – I like Trek movies that not a lot of people like, like that and Insurrection, you know. So it's – yeah, that's interesting. Well, there's no I bad can... Trek movies. I'll, I'll stand on that hill. I, there I really Trek. isn't. Uh, the only bad there Trek really movie is. is no Trek movie. I'll say that. Uh, not yeah, to dis – hold on. I got to be careful because then I'm saying everything not Trek is bad, and that's not true. Look around <laughs> the studio. <laughs> but, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, yeah. who? <laughs> delete but uh no we, we love uh this episode as well not on our list but again uh it makes me happy that we could talk about the ferengi so much because oh, yeah. i'm yes. pretty sure if i remember correctly the ferengi were heavily favored <clears throat> on somebody's favorite character list or it's all true. Wars. <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah it's never a bad isn't day it, when you have cork isn't it funny how they took some they made them such a heavily featured can you imagine DS9 with no Ferengi that's just not possible knowing what we know now no and because we're halfway through next gen right now Mm -hmm. again my second watch your first full watch there is a a surprising amount of Ferengi episodes and I hate to say this but they're not really that great no especially in comparison to DS9 there's a is a you got different actors playing it and there's nothing wrong with the people that portray Ferengi on Next Generation but there's just something magical it's like lightning struck when they mm-hmm. you know when we have Cork because Armin Shimran I don't think this was the first time he played a Ferengi he was like an yeah. offbeat no. Ferengi in Next Gen but it he's just in the very first hold up. appearance yeah there you go yeah he's he's one of the very first Ferengi that appear um, and, and, in Next Generation I keep saying this a lot. I keep getting, it's not just Cork. Like, 
Right. I just all all the Fringy are just <laughs> so good. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Brunt. Funny note. Funny note about this. I initially, I think I suggested this when we were talking about this. So Jeanette saved my ass. Um, our number two. I was like, oh yeah. The episode where they um, encounter those two Ferengi who are in the gamma, who got stuck on that planet in the Gamma Quadrant, and that that got stuck there in the Next Generation episode, and where she's like, yeah, 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 we'll do that, and then and then I'm and then later as we're researching it, she's like, dude, that's a Voyager episode. Oh no! <laughs> and it wasn't the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah, right. No, no, no. It was the it was the Delta Quadrant. That's not that big of a spoiler. But um but uh oh yeah. And and I was like, "Oh man, I would have been ridiculed for that." So she saved she saved my bacon big time. Way to go, Jeanette. It was still a good the track knowledge. Episode. Yeah, it's great. You'll see. You'll so see. So, next yeah. we'll do Top we'll 5 Voyager episode. after we finish Calm this. Down. <laughs> All right, let's dive into our number two. It's only a paper moon. Hmm. The 160th episode featuring one of my favorite dudes, Vic Fontaine. This is the episode with the events, uh, you know, of Siege AR-558 where Nog is injured and he has to undergo surgery. He returns to DS9, but he's dealing with PTSD. Mm -hmm. And where where it starts to be like a, hey, Dave, I thought you you know, weren't putting the ones that attack you uh, emotionally on this list. The reason this one is so high on the list is it's it's a breakthrough episode for Nog mm-hmm. and, and the actor who pl- portrays Nog, but he's, oh, yeah. he's like unable to face his friends and coworkers, and so he decides to like hide and create a new life for himself, but inside a hollow suite. It's so mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. It, it's so weird, but so good. So good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, and Jeanette loves those episodes because Jeanette likes Frank Sinatra music and music that, you know, mafia people listen to, you know, one in the same. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's, she's big into that type of stuff. She'll be playing it. And I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we, we love those episodes too. Um, it's, it's really cool that they managed to, I don't know. It's just so good because it Mm -hmm. didn't, it wouldn't have worked on any other, um, series, you know, yeah. some of the, 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 the holodeck stuff back to the holodeck stuff. And it's silly to me. They're in a casino. It's goofy, mm-hmm. but every time they do it and every time they have Vic Fontaine, it's fantastic. And it would, there'd be something missing if it, if they didn't have those episodes. Yeah. Yes. And this episode in particular is what made me fall in love with Nog. Like just his acting ability, because he doesn't get a lot of big parts. And this was mm-hmm a big nog episode and to see him break down and cry through all that Ferengi makeup was quite impressive um in and of itself but I think too what I loved about it is that he was facing fears you know he had this PTSD he was afraid of dying it it became a reality to him after he had this injury and I think we all have fears and we kind of you know part of us kind of want to just stay in our bubble because it's safe in there, you know? We don't have to go yeah. out, and we don't have to... And so to yeah. see him work through that, even though it's all in a fake, simulated hollow suite, um, it's kind of like, you know, I loved the part at the end where he he's like, I'm afraid of dying, and Vic goes to him and says, look, you are dying. You're just dying a slow death. Mm. 
when you're in the home <laughs> suite versus yeah. mm-hmm. like going out and living life and, it, mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah wow <laughs> you know it's yeah how it's, did the hologram get that that wise right <laughs> that way. and he can yeah. shut himself off uh, like the, yeah. <laughs> and stay off i'm like okay it's kind of creepy but um, yeah no great episode in any other show rom and nog would have stayed kind of like just these occasional laughing stocks but yes. what they managed to do with those two and have it still be convincing is truly like a testament to the creators of the show. Yeah. I mean, I know we're talking about it's a hollow suite, but dude, I wanted to be there. Like right. I would have totally, I'm with, I'm with Nog on this one. And I think Jeanette can agree too, since she's into yes. uh, the music and the, and maybe just what kind of comes with it is, uh, you know, I, I don't want to have a gun and be a toting gangster by any means, but I might want to be around it because it just looked yeah. like it happened in time. And I could see why Nog was digging it. And it, oh, yeah. again, just like the baseball episode, yeah. <laughs> You know, is it a Star Trek episode? Of course it is. Does it fall in the vein? You know, I mean, you could dissect it any which way from Sunday. But the idea that it's like Randy said ever earlier when he talked about certain things have layers. This is mm-hmm. a um, like ultimate layered episode that when it gets down to the core, it's like you said when I just talked about the inner fears and things yeah. that we have to face on a day to day basis. And it took a hologram, you know, a world where we live in in constant AI now to remind us to be human. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I love Absolutely. it so much. Like, almost was number one. Almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. Oh my gosh. Because that's like, I think, again, this is one that, oh, you know what? Upon doing research, It's Only a Paper Moon did not make many other people's lists. Like, we, oh, we yeah, kind of really looked around surprised. at other lists to, just to see what people were gauging as the greatest episodes. And I was like, damn furious that this yeah. one didn't pop up enough. But that's okay. Mm. We brought it to the limelight. I have my ideas about what I haven't. I didn't look at anyone else's list, but I have my ideas about what would make it, and that definitely seems likely because it's just so emotional. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Right. We are uh, we are closing this Mm -hmm. DS9 sandwich because the last piece of bread is our number ones, and I can't wait to hear, guys, what is your favorite episode. Yeah, and I want Jeanette. Uh, I've talked so much. I want Jeanette to do the honors of reading. Oh goodness! Yeah. So. Okay, our number one is when Jadzia and Warp gets married, season Aww. six, episode seven. You are cordially invited. I Aww. love this episode, probably because it's the girly side of me. Of course, you know, if you hadn't seen it yet, you're like, oh my gosh, Jadzia's getting married, and you know, she's so girly but still a warrior. And then mm-hmm. she's trying to please Cruella or Cirilla, which rhymes with Cruella. Because that's what she Cruella. seems like, because she's <laughs> such a cruel Cirilla who you cannot enter the house of Martok because you mm-hmm. are that. Yeah. <laughs> you're not a Klingon. You're not a Klingon. Right? You're not a Klingon. You're, you're, you're not going nowhere, girl. You're staying mm-hmm. right where you are. But here's Dax wanting to throw a party. She throws herself a party. It's hilarious. I love this episode. And I think it's hilarious on the other side. Worf's bachelor party. <laughs> Come on. Did anyone see that coming? No, not even for a Klingon. I did not see that coming. Like, oh my gosh, the poor guys. <laughs> right? But yeah, it was great. I love that episode. It's it's 
probably one of my I, very favorite. I love how much O'Brien and Bashir suffer in that <laughs> yes. episode. Yes. It is so at just when they're about to dig into all that food, they're like, It's back on Come on. Back on You know, it's like Yeah. Absolutely oh, hilarious. Man. We love any episode. With Worf and Jed- Jedzia, oh, um, yeah. I-, I think I've said it before, but greatest couple in all of Star Trek just really yeah. just worked. You talk about not really seeing it or even comprehending that it can be a thing until you see it, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it, it's amazing how yeah. it just immediately worked. And I think that also pays a testament to not only the actors, but the characters just it was like peanut butter and jelly, and hopefully mm. people like peanut butter and jelly. I sure you don't, actually. <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. It isn't Star Trek. But, man, just what is Jadzia without Worf and vice versa? They are definitely my favorite um, couple in Trek, and I absolutely love that episode. But we didn't put it as our number one. No. We didn't. There's so many. There's so, There's so many, many to choose from. But the so good news is Worf and Jadzia are in our number one. That's true. Because Ooh. right, right on. Right, well, uh, I don't know if this you saw this coming a mile away or not, but I mean, this has to be the most entertaining episode of all time, and it blends my two overall favorite Star Trek franchises. Mm-hmm. Trials and Tribulations is our number one episode. Oh, I'm not shocked at all. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm not shocked at all. It's yeah. perfect for fans of all Trek, but especially those yes. of DS9 and yes. original series. We have the crew of the Defiant, and they have to prevent the assassination of Captain Kirk. Like, I jumped off my couch when I was like, <laughs> yeah. we're going to K7? Like, yeah. oh, oh, the triple episode. Like, yeah. perhaps everybody's favorite original series episode because it's so much fun. It is. But yeah. if that wasn't yeah. enough... We get the returning actor, uh, Charlie Brill, who plays the undercover Klingon in the original 60s TV show. Oh, I didn't to reprise that. Yeah, he's reprising his role as the same character, and the idea is we're going to time travel, mm. but it's because he's going to steal the orb of time, and he's going to go back and kill Kirk so that way he never gets arrested. But oh the comedy gosh. is beyond clever. And you yeah. talk about the relationship between um, O'Brien, right? And Bashir, man, seeing them on the original like Enterprise trying to they couldn't even operate the turbo lift, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the handle. Yes. The handle. And not to, and then you have Bashir who's possibly hitting on his grandmother. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh that's funny. Ooh. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's A little bit of back, like to, back the future, to the future, right? Yeah, 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 that jinx. Yeah. Okay, so that actually makes me wonder, did you watch uh, Enterprise all the way through yet? No. Okay. And you haven't watched Voyager all the way through yet. Working on it. Okay. So you're going to get a similar dose kind of in Enterprise, but definitely in Voyager. And when you see it, I can't wait in Voyager. <laughs> when you see what they do in Voyager with the past, I can't freaking mm. wait to hear hear your reaction to that. It's going to be amazing. Well, that's a good so, reason yeah. to end this episode so we can get back to watching Voyager. All right. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Guys, we just did top five favorite DS9 episodes, and we didn't have one crossover episode. My mind is gone. Not one. No, we didn't no, have not any. One. That's crazy to me. That's awesome. I mean, it's a little, a little easier to happen with characters because there's – no, you know, there's not as many characters as episodes, but still, you have certain moments that are just known that DS9's known for, and yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised, not one. 
Cool. Well, there are 173 episodes of DS9, and we just might have made the definitive 10. But I'd be interested for listeners out there to let us know uh, any of your favorite episodes that we left off, and maybe let us know why maybe some of ours aren't the best, but they kind of are, so it's okay. I'm happy to have that conversation and happy to bring people on to talk about it. But, you know, um, this was the first time that we were able to have here on Mars and Miss Mars, if you will, uh, on this episode. And uh, Jeanette, I have to ask now, did you have a good time? And if so, would you be willing to come back in the future? I would. Thank you for having me. And yes, I would. It was so much fun. So much fun. Well, this is going to have to be a thing. We're going to have, this is my first time doing like a couples thing. And uh, I love you guys already, but even more so because you're you're Star Trek fans. But uh, man, it's just a good time. And so, like I said, anytime I do DS9, I got to bring you guys on. But Jeanette now fits into the mold and we are the final four. Oh, yeah. Randy, let's uh, let's talk about you, brother. I mean, since you've been on here, you've been rocking away. Uh, I, I know that yeah. people have been saying good things about your latest uh, album. Let's talk about it and talk about anything else you got in the fire. Uh, yeah, so um, here on Mars, I'm here on mars.bandcamp.com. Um, and I just do music. I do, I you know, you kind of, you and Lenore on Twitter, actually, both Texas folks by the way but you and Lenore both kind of got me branding myself as sci-fi music um and so so I appreciate that it's rock with a electronic bent and it's heavily influenced by my favorite sci-fi franchises I like singing about escapist type stuff a little bit i don't like singing about real life stuff because i like escaping real life um and so <laughs> not that they're not that real life is bad i mean real life is great you know got 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 right here with me but um but uh so anyway uh the last album was schwerkraft schwerkraft and it's that's german for gravity um, and that's just the heavy album i did and people did like it ed the undead liked it um you know, some people who I didn't think would particularly care for it actually liked it. Um, it was really heavy compared to other things I've done as here on Mars. So if you go to here on Mars.bandcamp.com for the first time and you're hearing this music that's like, um, just know that that's just a one time thing that I did. I'll probably do it again in the future. But if you don't like that type of music listen to the other releases on there and i'm on spotify and apple music and youtube and all that other stuff and you can find me on twitter uh at here on mars underscore so yeah it's awesome man and i'm one of the many who like everything you do but i'm always excited to see what you do next and so you just keep doing your thing man you're a talented instrumentalist you're a talented vocalist but you might be thank you an even more talented star trekist (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll watch me some trek man we'll blow through it dude we i mean like end of well i'm trying to think when did we start what order did we did voyager and then we did the next generation and and then we did DS9 maybe I can't recall but um, we in the last year we watched all three year and a half maybe and so um, yeah it's crazy it's unheard of but we love it and that's why you were qualified to be on this show hell yeah (laughs) All right, guys thank you so much for taking the time and coming on here and talking about Star Trek DS9 
Thank you. Thank you. That wraps up another episode of the All Things Dave podcast. Top 5 Star Trek Deep Space Nine episodes. What'd you guys think? I know I already talked about it in the episode, but I'm really curious to see if uh, you guys listening had some other episodes that you wish we had mentioned, or do you agree? How about this? Who had the better list? (laughs) Good news is, they both count. So, thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, Hit me up on Apple Podcasts. Give me a, a like, a subscribe, a re- rate review, like all that good stuff, man. It helps the podcast so much. And, you know, I don't aspire to be the greatest podcast in the world, but I would just love to hear the review. And if people really love it, tell me. Also, while you're subscribing, hit up Randy. Check him out on Twitter and find him out there, man. He is making music all the time. I, I don't want to put, like any strain on the guy but i feel like he's putting out a new album like every two years at least right and everything he does is just so good and it totally floats my boat right pardon the expression but uh if you're in that sci-fi mood you just want good vibes man check out all the here on mars stuff and if you just want (laughs) to rock and roll uh to the dark metal then check out the schwierkraft that's just fun to say you can find me on Twitter at Dave underscore Phantom and check out the Facebook page, All Things Dave Podcast on Facebook. Give it a like and, uh, man, like share everything if you like it. I want to just unload on you guys, right, and put all kinds of pictures out there. And I'm going to always put the podcast out there so the links are always available for you. And uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. So. Like I said, that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart of checking it out. And you can look forward to more Star Trek episodes in the future. You guys have a great day. It's the greatest story in sports. Start dropping straight back. Hit as he throws. Has the ball. It is the game. Touchdown.
I'm Doug Russell, and this is Tales from 1265, an insider's look at football's most storied franchise, a franchise that has had its dynasties. This is the first Super Bowl trophy, and uh, it's something Green Bay can keep. We're going to have a, a new trophy each year. And its rebirths. Every major football decision will be made by Ron Wolf. I realize I'm a Green Bay Packer now, and maybe I can prove that I am worth the first-round pick next year, but just got to be patient. But I was really impressed with the coaching staff, with the whole organization, and with the direction the team is going. I think they, they have a total commitment to winning. Tales from 1265 is presented by Nicolay Law, your local award-winning injury lawyers. If you've been injured, get Nicolay, Wisconsin's winning team of lawyers that will get you back in the game. Tales from 1265 is a production of iHeartRadio Podcasts and is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 